welcome to Rose Ed. And it's been a turbulent first week of 2022 as the wheels come off the Conte caravan for the first time. Things look increasingly sticky for the Toffees while the Ralph, Ralph Ranyet revolution <laughs> rolls on, restricting Wolves, Wolves to a 1-0 win at Old Trafford. <laughs> Meanwhile at Chelsea, imagine, oh, people are listening to this on the radio thinking, what has happened? Meanwhile at Chelsea, Romelu Lukaku delivers the most controversial scoop since that time I found a fingernail in my 99 down Kingston Skate Park in 2002. Um, I didn't have long to write that one, so give me a little bit of a break. Right, remember you can get in touch. It's at Rosehead Pod on Instagram and TikTok. You can also find us on Twitter, Rosehead Soccer, or on YouTube, or on Facebook as well. And hello if you're listening to us on Podcast Radio. We're on Podcast Radio, 6 p.m., or a Friday night, yeah, or a Friday night, bringing that heat. And we're also there on a Saturday and a Sunday. And if you want to like us and review us and give us five stars and stuff, apparently that helps with the algorithm. So the, the boffins only, The only me. option there that you gave is reviewers with the five stars. There's no other alternative, Joe. That little voice you can hear is Hannah East. You're right, Hannah. Hello. <laughs> well, actually, it's interesting you say that because I was fuming, wasn't I, in the week? Because I left you a voice note really <laughs> ranting yeah. because we'd had a few reviews and one person had given us a four star. And I was like, oh, I don't want them listening anyway. <laughs> I know you were absolutely raging when you said, oh, someone's given us a four star. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, that was way better than what I expected. And you were like, well, if you're going to do a review, you know, why would you waste your time to put four stars? Why wouldn't you put five stars? You only review something if you don't like it or you love it. And I was just like, but that's good. We like it. I feel like it's really passive aggressive to like do forces like room for improvement it's like well i look forward to your little podcast then all right so give us a one or if i don't give us a one <laughs> i'm sorry and i am really appreciative of every review we were talking earlier about um off air about having low self-esteem i think that's just come to the fore now <laughs> you gave me a four star and it's just destroyed my whole world um, well that's like if an ex ex-partner said to you if you're like oh how how do you rate me as a partner and they said four out of five naturally you'd be like why not? Why was it not five? So I can understand where you're coming from, but I think for the purpose of a podcast, it's great. You would never have that conversation with a partner, would you? You and Andy yeah, don't do performance reviews. <laughs> I'm talking. Get the spreadsheet out. Well, in 2020 to 2021, let's review our performance. <laughs> not like that, though. <laughs> well, who knows? Rudy's on a Monday night. Five star, I'm just saying. Five star for me, hun. Five star. <laughs> Good Rudy's this week, Andy. Get the Excel up. Right. <laughs> there you go, lad. Uh, um, Hannah, I've um, I've got an apology to make. Okay. What have you done? Well, you know we've got a new sponsor. Yeah. And I really, I really ruined it for you last week where you were trying to read the advert. And I yeah. mocked you and I butted in. And then I had a go at your pronunciation of said sponsor. Is that because you were taking the mickey out of my Yorkshire accent as well? Yes. Oh, yeah. Bah, yes. Yeah. I was actually wrong about how you pronounce it, and you were right. Okay. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate the apology. So I'm a big enough man to air a retraction. And okay. Well, you you can read it then. Well, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. You ready? Because I'm going to do high energy. We have partnered with Vair Clothing. <laughs> Why are you so nasal? Why is Bear it? <laughs> Next, I was thinking, we got some very nice clothes for you. But <laughs> <laughs> 20% off. Right, uh, do it properly, Joe. Come on, we're professionals. We have partnered with Vare Clothing, a cool clothing company where the idea is to create a wardrobe of essential pieces at affordable prices. And because you listen to Rosette, all you have to do is head to vareclothing.com. That's V I R clothing.com. 
and use the code JOE20, that's J-O-E-20, to receive 20% off your order and all the money raised goes towards the podcast. At Bear, they hope that every man from every background can find a piece of themselves in our collection. And the whole team come from a fashion, buying and design background. Their vision is to keep styles simple as they believe fashion should not be complicated or unaffordable. It should be easy and carefree. We're trying to look good for any occasion. Remember, just head to verclothing.com, that's V-I-R, clothing.com, and use the code JOE20, that's J-O-E-20, to receive 20% off your order and all the money raised goes towards the podcast. So when my five-year-old was in a nativity at school and the teacher was reading out the, the nativity story, that's, that's what you sounded like? It's really a, good, Joe. Well done. I went a bit like kind of late night infomercial at the end. I was <laughs> like, the code is Joe twenty. That's J O E twenty. Like Guaranteed. somebody's going to go on a fairground ride. <laughs> Guaranteed satisfaction or your money, but you won't get your money back. You will not get your money back. But you'll be satisfied, so you won't need it. Look, it's all, <laughs> it's all fine. Um, you enjoyed, uh, you enjoyed a busy week of football this week, Hannah. It's um, good for United over Christmas, wasn't it? Really good. Yeah. Should we talk about something else? Well, I mean, I think the first thing to do... Oh, sorry, Mike's not here. (laughs) How long have we been filming? Bobby didn't even mention. I can't even see you're on a different platform. Six minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah, sorry. um, Mike's not here. He he got his beard caught in a photocopier. And... uh, (laughs) um, the It's like the St. John's ambulance are there and stuff. And it's like, it's a whole big thing. Just go on... um, uh, go on BBC News, actually. There, and then he uh, got his, his winky caught in a vice. It's, it's been quite a dramatic week for the poor lad. When he got his beard caught in the photocopier, and then he got his little um, little, little Mike Stavrou caught in the paper tray, and it's just a whole thing. We, we're <laughs> hoping that he's going to be back by this time next week, and we hope he's we hope he's all right, don't we, Hannah? We do, yeah. Um, but it's time for things that make you go, oh. That that sounds like quite a traumatic week that you've had <laughs> things that make you go mm, no that was a sec- that was a sexy sound oh yeah you don't have to do it again you don't have oh, to do it again joe yeah. can i just say this this isn't a regular feature every week it is we just it's not it's not i hate the fact that you do the running order because every time i look at it things that make you go mm, and then i just know that you're going to make these sex sounds and it's just it's just weird but not what's sex. made you go what's made you go mm, this week Two things. I'm glad you asked, Hannah. Um, I would say um, Manuel Lanzini's uh, first goal um, mm-hmm. against Crystal Palace, where it kind of the ball bobbled up and then he juggled it with his left foot and volleyed it in with his right foot. Loved it. Kind of was shaped. that with the Rice uh, Declan Rice assist? What's with the Declan Rice assist? Yeah, it was. I just like that bit. Why did you like, find that so funny? Because like the bit you've picked out is just like I'd just like you to say for full context, Joe. There was a Declan Rice assist. <laughs> it's because I love Declan Rice. <laughs> I quite like old Rice Krispie as well. Actually, I think he's going to be an England captain one day. He's lovely. Um, but that was a brilliant goal. And the other thing, yeah. though, without a doubt, is the um, Mateo Kovacic's goal against Liverpool. Oh. <laughs> Oh, don't mind if I do. Kind of stepping back. If you haven't seen this, he's kind of like stepping backwards as the ball bounces out, headed away for a cor- from a corner. And he kind of catches it on the volley and it goes in off the post. There's nothing more satisfying than a ball going in off the woodwork, is there? Oh. That really made you go, mm, mm. did it? I was in the pub and it really, it really got me going. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Well, I 
actually, I don't think you'll agree with what's made me go, mm, but I'm going to have to say Phil Jones returning to Man United. Is it like 707 days or something insane that he's been out? 700 years since Phil Jones. 7,000 years. But I really, I used to love watching Phil Jones and Chris Smalling as a duo at the back. They're always like, have always been a red card waiting to happen, I think. But um, Phil Jones is just like a train. He just plows in. And um, I know he gave the ball away a couple of times, made a few mistakes, but I I thought he, he played really, really well. Um, and I was really pleased to see him back. I think he's what we needed. Um, I think he was kind of <laughs> lagging back in the day in, in the United squad, like under Sir Alex Ferguson, and he was learning and, and developing. But I think he was our standout player in this current team um, at the weekend. But I, I, didn't, brilliant. I didn't watch the Wolves game. Did he have a good game? Yeah, he did have a good game. Like I say, he did make a few mistakes, um, lost the ball a couple of times, but he's he's just what we needed because, we, we, you know, we've had issues with sort of Maguire, Lindelof and Bailly out. Um, but Eric it was nice Bailly. To, oh, Eric yes. Eric um, but it was good, good to have him back in. Definitely good to have him back in. I think he was the best player in our squad. He's empirically not a good football player, though. Is he re- really? I, I think he is a good football player. I think he's made mistakes in the past. He's been heavily criticised. He's been plagued with injuries throughout his career, hasn't he? He's always got problems and injuries and stuff. But I think, um, I just, I don't know, just under the current squad at the moment, he was just a standout player this week. And I was really pleased to have him back, particularly in our defence, where we're quite weak at the moment. Let's get into Manchester United, I would yeah. say, because United hosted Wolves, Low-scoring Wolves, as you were saying uh, off-air, Hannah, w- w- the one thing the Wolves can't yeah. really do is score any goals. They managed to at Old Trafford. Um, but they can defend. <laughs> they can defend. Wolves won United nil. Wolves have won 28 points in the Premier League this season, despite scoring just 14 goals. Um, it's the joint most points the side has earned in a season in top-flight history, having scored fewer than 15 goals. Um, very disappointing result, Hannah. It was a disappointing result. And it, what was, uh, I don't know if you saw Luke Shaw's interview, where it's almost like he's kind of calling out a lot of players for their attitude and their performance and not stepping up to their role. Um, he didn't name names individually, but he made it very clear that there's problems within the team. And I know it's all like speculation within the media and people are going to love to jump on United and, and say, oh, this is going on, that's going on. But there is clearly an issue with with um, sort of attitude within the, the team, the players, We've got the new manager in, we've got such a rotation of managers over the last few years. Um, if you don't, if you don't kind of have that respect for the manager, it's going to affect the dressing room. But there's obviously something else going on within the players. You can see it in their faces that they're just they don't look a happy team. And I read something yesterday, not necessarily from a, a reputable source, but apparently there's about eleven players that want to leave Man United. Um, but when you watch them on the pitch and and kind of watch the performances, there's just something drastically missing, um, which is really hard to watch <laughs> I think is, is this the same source that you get your Brendan Rogers news from because we're listen. a bit quiet on that front isn't it no no listen it's going to happen I've told you 18 months it's going to happen um but yeah the the game against Wolves was um pretty shocking I think from a United's point of view and after what you said uh, about Wolves they've got a better defensive record than Chelsea um so Wolves have let in 14 goals in 19 games and United have let in 27 goals in 19 games which 
Insane. Yeah, that's pretty staggering. Manchester United also failed to score in four different Premier League home games this season, already more than they did in the whole of last season. I mean, you can't imagine a Manchester United team under Fer- a Manchester United team under Fergie not scoring at home would have been no. a news story in itself, let alone four times already by Christmas, right? And you can't imagine a United team behaving the way that they've behaved under Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, players would be fighting to put that United shirt on. And it doesn't seem like the passion and the enthusiasm is there. And it's not to it's not to say that the players aren't very good. The players on paper are amazing, but there is just something missing um, with their attitude. And I said this last week on the podcast, most of those players would not be playing under Sir Alex Ferguson the way that they're approaching matches. Um, and it's just, yeah, I know there's always a transition when you get a new manager in, but it's that uncertainty at the moment with Ralph, isn't it? It's like, we just need a permanent manager. Uh, and there was, you know, speculation that players had to Google who the, who Ralph was and what his credentials are. And, and you just, you kind of maybe overanalyze it a little bit, but it's just a frustrating time, I think, as a fan, um, to, to see this transition period not go as expected. You know, the excitement at the start of the season, like, oh, we've got, we signed Ronaldo and look at Fernandez and we've got amazing players, but they just, they're just not clicking together at the moment, unfortunately. But he was meant to be the guy to like steady the ship and kind of get top four while you wait for your next manager. And it's like, there doesn't seem to have been a huge amount um, of improvement so far under him. No. Do United fans feel hopeful under him? Um, I think now people are saying, oh, we should have signed Conte when we got the chance and, you know, we should have made that decision earlier. Um, I don't know. I just um, I just find it a bit frustrating. Um, but I think you just have to kind of ride this wave a little bit. And as a fan, that's what you do. You don't just go, oh, God, right, that's it. You know, they're, they're going to sink. It's just disappointing when your club has reached such an amazing level in the past and you've grown up watching this amazing football and all the players having, and I'm going to say that Gary Neville attitude, you know, that like you, you fight to get the, the shirt, you fight to win every single match and you, your performance has to be amazing. You commit your life to it. And then you're watching players where you, you don't believe that they have that same attitude and that same work ethos. And I think that's what's a bit frustrating for fans. Um, you mentioned Antonio Conte, of course. His uh, Spurs team were in action against Chelsea in the League Cup. Kai Havertz had to go off at half time. Speaking of things that make you go, hmm, things that make you go, <laughs> oh, don't, that's worse than your sex noise. Don't do that one. Things that make you go, um, <laughs> I actually do. I actually do a bit of that in in my set in my stand up comedy, and um, when I talk about something, I make a sick noise. And once I did it, a woman in the front row looked at me and she's like, and I thought maybe I was doing it too much. You know, some people can just retch if you if they hear a sick sound. Yeah, yeah. That's what she did. Or maybe she just didn't like my outfit, or she just didn't like me. Me and my auntie do it. Like if there's like something we don't want to do or something, or like <laughs> anything. <laughs> It's like, we'll look at each other, like across a restaurant and they'll be like reading out the specials or whatever. And they'll be like, yep. And we've got the um, uh, lobster brisket with the blue cheese mousse. And me and Marty literally look at each other and like, what? <laughs> 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 just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Extra sauce. <laughs> um, but Kai Havertz twisted his finger. So had to yeah. go off. So like, we don't really know what's, but like, twisted it like it got bandaged up like out of its socket when yeah that's pretty rancid isn't it which Um, finger i think this one thank god it wasn't that one 
I mean, because you cannot, you, I'm just saying, you cannot afford to lose the middle finger because that is, reputations are won and lost on that bad boy. <laughs> Poor guy, is he okay now? Yeah, especially before this weekend, I couldn't afford a finger injury. <laughs> oh, Joe, you just snorted at your own joke. It wasn't even my joke, it was your own. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, but have you ever had any, like, injuries or weird injuries? Oh, do you know what? I'm going to jinx myself, aren't I? Um, but I haven't, I don't know if I should say it. I'm going to touch my head, touch wood. I haven't broken a bone or dislocated anything before. Really? Apart from when I was pregnant with my first little boy, I was presenting at the uh, at Wembley um, for the FA Cup, I think it was, was it final? And I was um, basically Bradley. <laughs> I've got quite a short, stumpy torso and... Um, one of my ribs kind of uh, cracked because Bradley was, I was sat down so much. I had to leave uh, Wembley, get on the train and get straight over to a match at Leicester at the home ground. And I got there, I could hardly walk and I could hardly breathe. And I had to go to the, um, the hospital and they had to kind of like crack my rib back into position but I was on all fours and um this doctor came in and told me to get on, on all fours and I was so delirious and I didn't know what was happening that I didn't know if I was in labor or if I was in a nightclub but this guy still needs to get on all fours and I was just like why would you be on all fours in a nightclub <laughs> uh, back in, in the VIP with faithless yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Pasha um but yeah it was really really bizarre experience so that's that's what I've got what have you got I um well, I, I've got kidney stones, right? And the first time I had this, oh. I was at the... Oh, no, it's not a sad story. It's funny. Um, I, was, I, was, um, I was at the BBC and, like, having a meeting at the BBC and I'd never been there before. And I woke up that day and I thought, oh, <laughs> my side really hurts. <laughs> and I was, like, 25 and I couldn't stand up straight. And, like, I'd gone quite grey and was, like, quite clammy and quite sweaty because it's ever so painful. But I got up there, got up the tube to Oxford Circus and whatever, and I was like, oh, I'm going to the BBC, it's fine, I'm sorry, it's fine, there's a bit of indigestion. <laughs> and I was at the BBC and I really remember it because we were in, like, because they've got all these, like, swanky, like, poncy breakout rooms. Just like, guys, pick a beanbag each and we'll brainstorm um, kind of thing. It's just like, well, where can I, where can I put my laptop? I need a desk. Um but like they can I just flatten my kidney? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you got have you also got a little hospital in here where I can just lie down and cry? But like I was meeting all these like people and kind of like trying to pitch ideas to them and stuff. And there's like a like a big bean baggy room with like coffee machines and stuff. They've got like a Prosecco tap on Fridays and stuff, I think. But it's got really? this little staircase on it. And I really remember it vividly. This guy was coming down the stairs called Jamie. He was like, Oh Joe, you need to meet Jamie. And I walked up the stairs and I was like <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jamie. So, so nice to meet you. I got an idea of talking about grime music. You're going to make us millions of pounds. Yes. Jamie, don't mind me. I was going to be just gently sick in the corner, but I must catch up with you later. <laughs> um, oh, it was, ex it was extraordinary. And then, and then what happened? Like, did you tell Jamie your idea? Come on, I need to know the ins and outs of it. Jamie never commissioned my. Thanks a lot, Jamie. I nearly died to getting up those stairs. And then afterwards, so when I left that day, I called my mum. She was I think you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, sounds like your, like, appendix is going to burst or something. Yeah. I was like, I'm quite all right, mother. I'm just lying here in this bin. <laughs> like, um, Outside the BBC. <laughs> uh, don't mind me, mother. Pigeons are just gradually eating me. <laughs> like, um, but I went to the hospital and they were like, 
took me through and stuff and like scanned me and all this stuff. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you've got kidney stones. Um, but while I was there, I bumped into a guy uh, who was a personal trainer at my gym called Big Dave. So Big Dave, as you might guess from his name, I'd say Big Dave was six foot three, almost the same across. Wow. Um, he had tattoos on every visible part of his body, kind of like up to his neck and up to his chin there. Um, and he had about four gold teeth, right? Big, Big Dave was, because especially when I meet very masculine, tough men, I simper and fawn around them like a little ballet dancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big Dave, you must tell me more about gang crime. Um, so I knew protein Big, shakes. I knew Big Dave from the gym and I was obviously very, very much in awe slash scared of him. And Big Dave was there with like a few of his like fellow geezers, like all sitting there. They're all kind of in tracksuits, Big Dave and all his pals. So they'd obviously been up to no good because it was a Friday night. And I sort of limped past. I was like, Dave, how are you? And um, he was like, yeah, what's going on, man? And I was like, oh, it's all right. Just, um, just, yeah, just here, just getting this checked out. What are you doing here? And he was like, um, he was like, oh, my little brother got in beef with some guy. Guy ran him over. He's basically settled now, though. And I was like, oh, yes, I've just been at BBC and I'm afraid I've got kidney stones, Big Dave. <laughs> in the beanbag room having um, Prosecco. <laughs> but then Big Dave said to me, he was like, yeah, yeah, I had that when I was in jail. Do you know what? I've been shot and that hurt worse. So I was like, thank you very much, Big Dave. Yes, I'm just as tough as you. Um, <laughs> will I be seeing you at Spin on Monday? No? <laughs> right then. Um, oh, so, yes, yeah, so that, that's, that's awful, Joe. Have you managed to sort your kidney stones out? Well, no, not do you really. Just wee, do you wee kidney stones out? Uh, well, yes, you can. <laughs> so we're all visualizing Joe Forrester having a wee now. No, so what happens is. Um, uh, is you get like a you can get like a sound waves that break them up and then they come out oh either that or they get very big and they get stuck and you then have to pass them. I've just got that, visions of you sat there with Spice Girls' greatest hits around your crotch area trying to get the sound waves to break your kidney stones down. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it doesn't. Now, like that. now that's what I call a bladder infection. Thirty two. <laughs> 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 oh dear. <laughs> awful. Awful. Um, <laughs> But Spurs lost 2-0 to Chelsea. <laughs> um, Spurs, Spurs lost 2-0 to Chelsea um, in the first leg of the League Cup. Absolutely played off the park in, um, at Stamford Bridge in the first half. But you know you know that I sort of have the same like sort of feelings towards uh, Antonio Conte Hanna as like a cult leader. Yeah, yeah. So last night, I even put in our Rose Ed group, didn't I? I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. Pretty happy with that, given the first half. Only 2-0 down. Fancy us to turn it around. I'm yeah. like... He could, I'm pretty sure I could end up doing life in jail if Conte got me to do something. I would just, if he wanted to like start a sex cult in the middle of the night, I would just join. And what is it about Conte that you like? His cold, dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> His emotionless face. But it is, isn't it? You look at him and it's like when he's been interviewed, because obviously what he, he's Italian, so English is his second language. He's listening to the interviewer, but he's yeah. looking at him. And the interview saying something like, hey, um, Antonio, hey, and he's yeah. just staring at him, just like, this isn't a good question. No one will ever see you again. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. I, I can see why he commands the respect of the dressing room because he's a yeah. he is an intimidating individual. Yeah. He he's got the he's got the crazy eyes. What the eyes that I said that you had when I first met you, Hannah, and you threw right back at me. And I um, said, yes, yeah, so do you. <laughs> but what he was, it, it was by far the worst moment under him so far. I think 
probably the thing to say is that Thomas Tuchel got his tactics absolutely right. And they just blitzed us in the first half. They came out and they pressed so high and they were so aggressive. And what Tuchel recognised, Tuchel, 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 yeah. What Tuchel recognised is that Spurs, while we've been massively improved under Conte, do have weak players defensively. And they got straight at Emerson Royale playing right wing back, Sanchez playing centre-back, particularly Jaffet Tenganga playing centre-back. And it just showed that like, while we can beat a lot of teams, when you come up against another very good team with a very good coach, yeah. then we are going to need defensive reinforcements because they just couldn't handle that level of, level of pressure and Tuchel absolutely um, recognised that. I mean, that. you pronounced his names in three different ways in a sentence Tuchel. there, Joe, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Tuchel, Mr. Tuchel, Mr. Tickle. Um, yeah, Mr. Tickle. Yeah, um, he, um, I think he got it absolutely right, but I'm going to the game next week, actually. Um, yeah the game at White Hart Lane and Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whatever. And it is, it's very much game on, I would say, because I don't think, I mean, Conte didn't let the second half play out like that. So I'd be very surprised if he let the second leg play out like that. And as a, as a team, what changes do you think you've seen since he's, he was appointed? To be honest, like the massive, massive thing for me is organisation. It's yeah. like just knowing all the time where to stand and it's kind of it is it's a it's a five two three but then those two wing backs become auxiliary midfielders so it turns into a three four three when we attack yeah but what's really interesting is the back three always and only move as a line and everybody slots back into position when they need to be and for example pierre emil holberg if region pushes on at left back he will then push in and fill that slot out there wide and it's just the level of organization is like because obviously you can see and I was at the Brentford game a few weeks ago and we were quite high up you can see it on the pitch yeah it's just like it is almost like he's moving chess pieces around and I think football in lots of ways is very very simple it's kind of here is the plan here is what you do in every situation and you drill it and drill it and drill it and you drill it and then there's the other elements of you've got to make sure they work hard and you've got to get them fit and then obviously that kind of x factor where they need to respect you and want to play for you yeah and it's that adaptability isn't it of the manager to look at the performance of the first half and make the changes according to who you're playing Mm. or change your formation according to who you're playing and sometimes I mean like with United sometimes that's what I get a bit frustrated about Um, but particularly with Spurs you can see like you've said the organization but the changes say at half time or movement um is is definitely been a big difference this season well what he did yesterday was he turned it into a 4-3-3 at half time yeah and he's never he's never played four at the back for us thus far um and he pushed us a lot further up the pitch and we controlled the game a lot better the second half was what it was it was a nil nil draw it was pretty it was a very even half of football but to react Pardon me. <laughs> to react like that. To react. <laughs> My body's making all sorts of sounds, isn't it? Um, blush, blush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, kind of like, I think to react and not panic and go, cool, here's what I'm going to do. And it is like playing chess and go, right, yeah. he's doing this. So here's what I do here. And Tuchel's, tactic, Tuchel's tactics didn't work. I'm now really overthinking it. Um, Just call him Mr. Tickle. Mr. Tickle's tactics. Did. <laughs> oh, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Jürgen we had a very good game and then we go oh. <laughs> um, but yeah like I think the level of organisation and also that kind of just total kind of respect and the idea that they want to impress him 
Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really important. Um, Chelsea and they want play, to play. They want the shirt on, don't they? Well, this is it. Well, they're very aware, I think, of inst- it, he's almost changed their mentalities. Some of them might have been looking for the exit before because they want somewhere to go. Yeah. But I think now it's they're very aware that it's the other way around. They want to stay and play for Conte, but they could get the boot if he doesn't deem them to be good enough, um, yeah. which, frankly, a lot of them aren't. Um, Chelsea played Liverpool at the weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the game of the season, just rough and tumble kind of end-to-end stuff, no real discernible defending, brilliant goals, um, little fights on the pitch, kind of yeah. everything you want to see. As a United fan, does it kind of give you hope, though, when they draw that you're still... Are you still even chasing the top four? Oh, I mean, I don't even know what we're chasing at the moment. I think in my head, we just need to get the basic fundamentals of the team right. We need to get the attitude right. We just need to get the the players performing on the pitch um and to be honest it's not something I'm I'm kind of thinking about at this moment you always want to chase the top four every team does especially Man United um but the Chelsea Liverpool game was I would say one of the the games of the season with 55% possession for Chelsea 45% for Liverpool but Chelsea's intensity Mm. was like immense I thought it was what I don't understand as well. The big transfer room at the end looks like it's happening. It'll be sorted in the next couple of weeks. Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich and Juventus are all talking to Antonio Rudiger at the moment because he's out of contract in the summer. He's 28 years, right. years old. 28 years? Is he, 20, you're not a bad of Irish there. 28 years old. He's not 32, he's 28. <laughs> I'm Antonio Rodiger. Lots of people think that I'm from Germany and they'd be wrong if they thought that because actually I'm from County Cork. Um, so <laughs> County Cork. Is that a place? I don't think it is. No, well, it's a county, County Tyrone. Anyway, look, if you are listening in Ireland, I'm very sorry for what I just did. I'm it actually is. half Irish, so well, it's okay. Great. You, oh, can, yeah. like, say, you can do it, you can say. So you that's can what... pretend to be Ronan Keaton if you want to. It's okay, Joe. <laughs> You'll say a best when you... Um, well, that's why, because a lot of people don't know I'm a quarter German, which is why I'm allowed to do my German accent just a little bit like this. Uh, so what's your her- what is your actual heritage? Half Indian, quarter... No, so half English, yeah, and proud. Half English, yeah. Proud, yeah. Yeah. Um, get them out. <laughs> but then also quarter German, quarter Indian. So come one, come all. Um, wow. I'm joking, I'm making a, a comment about... Uh, People being racist because you shouldn't be racist. Um, I'm half Irish and half Scottish. So I'm not actually English oh, in the hello slightest. There. Hello yeah. there. So my dad's Irish and my mum's Scottish. Scottish. Um, and I'm from Yorkshire. You're ve- and you're very much from North Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm, yeah, I'm caught. My uh, Indian granddad married a German woman. My, so my grandma, not just a random German woman. <laughs> Never but, met her, just yeah. married her. Yeah, just like, right, I'm off. He wasn't from Scarborough. Um, but yeah, so they met, it's actually, it's quite an interesting story. So they um, they met after the Second World War. So basically he, I don't really know loads about what he did because he was, just, he was granddad to me and he passed away when I was like 21. So like kind of, I didn't like, yeah, I didn't ask him too much stuff about that. But like he came to the UK after the second world war and kind of um as lots of people from the colonies and former colonies did because basically britain kind of said come here like there's a great life for you here we can help you we we want you to help us rebuild our fractured society and fractured country which has been at war for six years and is obviously on its knees kind of thing um and i think kind of he got here as a lot of people did and didn't understand why people were spitting at him in the street because he was like 
I thought you wanted me to come here. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm guessing he was thinking, I was quite happy in India. It's lovely weather. And now, <laughs> now I'm here in South London, <laughs> down with rain. <laughs> like, it's full of yobs. Um, but he met my grandma, who was, I think, 15 when the Second World War ended. And her younger brother was like 11 or 10 or 11. And at the end of the Second World War, um, because all the men were gone, they were out fighting on the Eastern Front or fighting on the Mediterranean Front or trying to stop the Allies kind of advancing across France and Belgium. They, to in order to defend Berlin, because the Red Army were approaching Berlin, in order to defend Berlin, they called up all the old men and young boys. So even though he was like 11 or 12 years old, he was called up, the family lived in Bremen, I think, he was called up to the defence of Berlin. So oh. had a rifle put in his hand at like 11 years old. Um, and was asked to essentially defend the fatherland um, as the Soviet army was approaching um, in the kind of ruins of Berlin. And there's those amazing old videos of like Hitler with um, the young kids and the old men at the Second World War. And he's like shaking hands and it's like a German press reel, like the Fuhrer greets the latest recruits as we push the Red Army back. And they're just standing in Berlin and it's just rubble. And it's like, it's oh, and you can see his hand shaking and stuff because he's already got Parkinson's and stuff by this point. So when he obviously like Hitler shoots himself, the Red Army take Berlin, the country, the infrastructure of the country, everything they know and believe has collapsed because he's he was born under Nazi Germany. So he'd grown up there, his whole society had collapsed. And I know that he then at that point was just, it was the the end of the world as they knew it. And he walked back to Bremen um, at the age of 11 like which is a couple of hundred miles this like a 11 year old boy just walked back to bremen um obviously realizing everything they'd been taught was a total lie as did my grandma so she left um uh she left germany came to the uk met my granddad they couldn't settle in germany because obviously he was indian so deemed too racist they couldn't settle in india because they didn't want him to marry a white woman so they picked england wow <laughs> there you go. Gosh. Welcome to the football comedy show, Rosette. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, Joe. That is interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Hannah's review. That's interesting, Joe. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> um, no, it's but good. Yeah. I like I like that kind of thing. Um, but there you go. Uh, Leeds finally got a win. Marcello Bielsa. Why can't I say anything today? Um, it's because Mike's not here, keeping us on the straight and narrow. Um, Marcello Bielsa. Yep. Marcello Bielsa um, looked pretty chuffed. Uh, Leeds three. Burnley won. Burnley are nineteenth. Hannah, they're nineteenth. I know, and um, and our our baby's got COVID, hasn't he, Sean Dyche? So he's going to miss. I mean, they've had a few injuries, haven't they? Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're. That I'm worried about them being relegated. I think um, Sean Dyche is just not going to let that happen. I don't believe Sean Dyche will let that happen. What are we going to do about the show if Sean Dyche is not? <laughs> in the Premier League anymore. I'll be really sad because I, I genuinely have a love for Sean Dyche. He's provided us with a huge amount of material as well. I mean, he has, he has. But yeah, who they play next? Leicester, I think, aren't they? Yeah. and so all, this weekend. I would also really just yet. like to say, get well soon, Sean, as well. Yeah, get well soon, get well soon. Um, Jonathan, who's an Everton fan, has been in touch. Um, he's got quite, he's, he sent us quite sort of a fulsome set of messages about time that Everton um I think spirits are very low at the moment um on the blue side of Stanley Park Jonathan says 
I think Everton are in real trouble. The Brighton game through to February is the most important part of our season as it's an okay run of fixtures and we need those points on the board. The problem is we're so terribly inconsistent both on and off the pitch. I can't remember a time we've played consistent 90 minutes over the past few years. Defending is woeful. Fans are toxic. Board is the living embodiment of jobs for the boys. And I've not heard a line from literally anyone on how to fix any of these issues. So that does sound like a pretty... That's one of those times when you, I think as a football fan, when you just feel like your football club is being horribly mismanaged and like if you're an Everton fan or you're a Spurs fan, all you really want is to see a bit of good football, have a good trophy run, have a good crack at the top four. That's what you really want. Obviously you'd love more, but it's probably not going to happen. So just to see it mismanaged and the fans turning against other elements of the fans and stuff, it's pretty miserable, isn't it? Do you kind of identify with any of that as a United fan? Yeah, I think so. I think for for Everton, I mean, they've got Calvert Lewin back, haven't they? He missed a penalty though. Had, yeah, but they've got him back, and it's, they've had a seventeen day break. But the problem they're going to have is the fixture congestion, which isn't ideal for any team with like the COVID outbreaks, etc. Liverpool training ground has been closed because of the COVID outbreaks and stuff. It's not ideal. The congestion is an issue and will be an issue and, and have caused huge problems for, for points on the, the table. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that that lull, that feeling as a, a fan that you feel irritated and frustrated when you don't believe in the management and the team. It's not very nice. I know. And I just think some elements of the fan base are calling for Rafa's head. I don't think he's the problem at no, all. It's a bit soon, isn't it, really, I think, to be... Well, it's a squad assembled by like five different managers and it looks like it. It looks like it's a, yeah. it's just a massive hodgepodge and he's a good manager. I wonder if he's kind of um, didn't realise quite what a tough job he has. Um, also, African Cup of Nations starts this weekend, which effectively is going to scupper Liverpool. Sadio Mane, Massively. Mo yeah. Salah gone to the African Cup of Nations. Um, Could it's a bit miss of a up to seven games. Well, it's a bit of content Liverpool. for the rest of us chasing the top four, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, well, the best player in the Premier League by a mile and then the next best player at Liverpool, just gone for a month. Yeah, just gone. Seven matches. I've got a friend that's a, a Liverpool fan and I just said, we were having a conversation. I said, oh, you know, how do you think things are going to fare out for you this season? And he was like, I just, it's just not going to happen for us. You know, we're losing two of our best players at a crucial time in the season. It's, we're just, we're going to go downhill and that's yeah. all he said. Sorry, someone's at my door. Just ignore it. Um, oh, what, what do you think it is? Amazon parcel? 100%. Yeah. My husband mm. will be buying some... 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's going to really hurt Liverpool. Let's talk about um, Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, he did something a bit silly. If you don't know what happened, uh, about three weeks ago, Romelu Lukaku gave an interview to Sky Italia. Um, he essentially said... I'm unhappy um, at Chelsea. I'm not massively happy with the tactics. Also not hugely happy that I've not been playing. Yeah. And he said um, that he loves Inter Milan and he would like to go back to Italy one day. That kind of last bit, understandable. He won the Scudetto there. Um, I think that's kind of, that's pretty kind of standard stuff. I know that you felt quite strongly that it was, idiotic to give the interview in the first place wasn't it yeah I think I've got I've got two perspectives on this and I'm not sitting on the fence oh can I have both yeah thank you just I'll say both yeah I'll say both no I think it was a silly thing for him to do but I really believe it's come from quite a vulnerable place now him coming back to Chelsea him coming back to the Premier League 
there was a lot of expectation on him. And I don't feel, I think his expectation was that the team would play around him and mm. it would it would mould around him. And that hasn't happened. He hasn't been put on the pedestal that I think he was maybe promised um, at Chelsea. And there's, a, you know, high hopes for Chelsea this season. I mean, they, they, at the start of the season, we were like, wow, they are unbelievable. And part of that was Lukaku. Now, he's had injuries or he's had a, a couple of injuries, been out injured. Even when he's been fit, he's been on the bench as well. And I don't think that's helped for his confidence. And I don't think that I don't think the fans necessarily believe in him as much as he was expecting. So I think maybe part of the interview, because he did say he felt like he was in a hole when he was at Manchester United, and I, I, I totally agree with that. It just the team and him, it just didn't click. It didn't work. He's a much better um, player now, isn't he? Yeah, he is a much better. He's got so much potential. He's an unbelievable player. When he's on form, he's amazing. Um, and he's great. He's a great player to watch as well. And I think part of that interview, he shouldn't have said what he said. And it was silly and kind of that, that um, his, his management shouldn't have allowed that to happen. But I think in the other part of it, it was quite a, an honest interview. And you don't see that from, from footballers these days. Like again, I go back to Luke Shaw from the other night, his interview it was quite honest mm. and you can relate to it. I think Lukaku said something and the fans, Chelsea fans would die for Chelsea. Like a, a lot of football fans, you know, would die for their club. And I think for a player to say something that was quite critical wasn't a good move for him, but I think it's maybe come from a vulnerable place where maybe he feels he's not not given enough to Chelsea and he's not played enough, and maybe the manager kind of doesn't believe in him as much as he was expecting, and maybe that's why the the comments kind of came, maybe came out the wrong way, or he, he didn't have as much intent to offend people as much because I think that was coming from a vulnerable place. I, I actually completely agree with you, and I kind of think like it, it's this thing of. I get. I never really watch post-match interviews because I just think there's no point because it's all just these kind of facile platitudes like, oh, we were terrific and, oh, yeah, we pushed up on them and, oh, yeah, after the second goal, we did this and yeah. the gaffer said, I don't care. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like for someone to go like, look, but he didn't, he, he maybe phrased it a little bit wrong. Yeah. Um, but there is potentially an element of, obviously he doesn't speak English as a first language and presumably the interview was given in Italian too. So yeah. He, he that's not his first language. It might be a little bit of something lost in translation because yeah. I guess what he's trying to say is, because um, I know people have interviewed him and apparently he's quite a nice, gentle man. And I think, yeah, like you say, he's probably trying to say like, look, I want to play all the time yeah. and I'm disappointed not to be playing. And I don't think the tactics massively suit me as a player. Yeah. Really, there's not a lot wrong with saying that apart from the fact, I suppose, that when you think it's a job, it's like you wouldn't kind of say at work, like, I don't know, I don't, you wouldn't, I mean, Hannah, you wouldn't say on a rival podcast, I don't like some of yeah. the, the items that Joe puts in the running order, e.g. things that make you go, oh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right though. It's it's knowing your audience, and it was like it was like a. Oh. It, it seemed as if he was inexperienced, oh. and he's not. I just don't think, like you say, it probably was in Italian. And um, yeah, hey, I don't like it in the Chelsea. <laughs> Thomas Tuchel, he's not playing. Me, why are you gonna talk about it? You want a pizza pie? It's gonna be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> You get so excited when you do that stuff. I love it. Um, yeah, it's, um, I, I just I felt a bit sorry for him actually because um, I just thought, oh, you know that he's going to get hounded by the media 
for saying that. And I don't know, I don't have many friends that are Chelsea fans, so I don't know what their take on it is. <laughs> I don't have um, many friends. I just oh. don't generally have any friends at all. <laughs> Try really um, hard. <laughs> I ring people they just uh, I don't answer uh, but I don't I don't know what the Chelsea fans are, are thinking after his apology sometimes the apologies almost make it worse than the actual statement in itself don't they and what are you saying he's been fined 400 grand 400 big ones it's either well we've seen this a cross between 325,000 to 450,000 depending on what, what paper you read but he has been fined um by the club um is what we've uh, we've read so they're obviously pretty peed off at the comments what should, I mean, we'll call it 365, split the difference. Yeah, yeah, we just split the difference. I mean, what is it, a weekly wage? Christ. Yeah, something you know. like that. Um, <laughs> looks like Donny van der Beek might be leaving Manchester United. Um, he's, it's not really worked for him at all there, has it? Came with a no. big reputation. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Um it's a shame for for players to come. It's a similar situation as we've just been discussing about Lukaku. You've got players that have got a lot of um, potential in certain areas, and you think, oh, that could just fill fill the 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 hole that we've got there. And sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, I can't believe I just said that on the <laughs> podcast. I can't believe I just said that to Joe Forrest at TV about filling a hole. Let's move on. Let's move on. Just cut that bit out. I can't believe I said it. Um. And Kieran Trippier looks like he's gone to Newcastle as well, the Burnley Beckham. A wee pet. He's gone on a, new, a private jet to Newcastle and that. Sure tell you what, if Newcastle, you know, uh, could potentially really turn things around, couldn't they? They're going to, I know they've got money now. They're going to start like signing very good players and they're going to be on fire three seasons, four seasons time. You just need to watch yeah, out for them. They got a lovely. And now they're going to... I didn't want to say that, but I knew you would, so... Yay, our football team's loads better. What about all, like, the... uh... Don't worry about that. We've got Kieran Trippier. Yay! Um... (laughs) We've got four goals at the weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Burnley Beckham. I always liked Kieran Trippier, to be fair. Um, Good player. Very V-good delivery from set pieces. Massive upgrade on anybody they've got defensively at the moment. Just to anyone that's not a chav, V-good means very good. (laughs) Just, I'm a busy man, Hannah. I don't have time to say the full (laughs) word. Um, There's something I wanted to ask you about, right, on TikTok this week. Have you seen this, right? Life hacks. Okay. No. So a woman put a life hack on TikTok. I feel this is just the sort of thing you'll have because I was thinking about when you wrapped cling film around yourself. Yeah. So on TikTok... Uh, a lady called Saudiana, Saudi, probably Saudiana, she's probably Anna from Saudi Arabia. Saudiana. Hmm. Like, it's not like, that's not one word, is it? Saudiana. Um, put a video up of her ironing on aluminium foil, so tin foil, right? Yeah. And apparently, because the foil conducts the heat, it means like it takes like a quarter of the time to iron it, it just gets the creases out straight away. Okay. I, I can see in your face, this is going to get yeah, tried, isn't it? No, but I'm just wondering where you're going with it. Well, I was going to say, do you like, because you do weird things, do you have like any little tips or like life hacks or anything like that that like you do to save, your, say, save yourself time? Well, yes. If you the bed, you put bicarbonate of soda on it and it absorbs the wee. Oh, Not me, I mean, I mean my kids. Your when children. They Andy, when they the bed. Andy. Yeah. So uh, a few nights ago, my little boy was like, mummy, mummy. And I was like, for God's sake. Went into his room at like three in the morning. He was like, I wet myself. And I was like, no, you didn't. Like, it's just a bit sweaty. He was just sweaty. And then half an hour later, he <laughs> was just a bit hot. He hadn't actually weed. It wasn't like wet or anything. And then half an hour later, he'd like, he fully committed to the weight and just, he just 
weed everywhere. So if you get bicarbonate of soda, strip the bed, put bicarb on it, leave it for about four or five hours, it just turns into loads of little crystals and then it absorbs away and there's no smell. Wow. What is bicarbonate yeah. of soda? Is it toothpaste? You use it for baking. It's like a baking uh, <laughs> You see my face, I was like... <laughs> You know, when you bake a cake. Um, but that's that's probably the only hack I've got. Because um, I've got stains in my puff. Um, and Excuse me? <laughs> so my puff, my footstool. So my mum's Scottish, as I've said, and my mum for my whole life has called it a puffy. So it's I've a- thought, so you call it a puff. It's a puff, right? isn't it? Yeah, but my mum is Scottish. They called them a puffy. So when I wanted to buy a puff, I went to the shop and I was like, have you got any puffies? And my husband was like, why is it, why it's just a puff? And I was like, a puffy. He's like, why, I don't understand why you've been so, why are you saying it like that? And I was like, because it's called a puffy. And then I realised I'm just saying it as my mum would in Scotland. Like she would say, excuse me, can I have some turkey on your bone, please? <laughs> and I'm like, translating to the person at the butcher's like, she just wants some turkey on the bone. But did you go in and go, if I were a puffy, where would I be in this shop? <laughs> <laughs> would it be aisle two or aisle three come on come on i'll chase you, you know, i actually i feel really bad because i say that in jest because when i worked in a freezer shop people used to say that to me so i thought that was a thing that people do to people that work in shops so that's how i spark conversation with people that work in supermarkets i'll ask them these questions and say you know if you were a marshmallow where would you be what aisle and then i'll have a chat with them and be really nice but then i think last week when i said it you and mike were like you sound like a no, that's just what deranged people who, who shop at the freezer store in Scarborough do. It's not a normal thing. So this is, if like, check out TikTok and Instagram, right? Because Hannah basically said when she goes into the supermarket, she'll go up to them and be like, now, if I were some walker's sensations... No, I don't, I don't whisper it in their ear like I'm about to kill them. No, 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 like you're a little fairy. You're like, shh, don't tell your manager. But if I was a Mars bar, where would I be in this shop? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like um down there <laughs> just, just there like <laughs> yeah but then i'll say how are you are you okay are yeah you of course right? they will. are you all right is someone looking for you <laughs> <laughs> and then i just have a chat with them because yeah. i don't get out much you've got your name and your telephone number pinned on your duffel coat in case andy loses yeah. you come on hannah let's get you back <laughs> And he pulls me on the reins. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but yeah, no. So you so see, iron with aluminium foil. I want some. Yeah, I'm not very good at like kind of. I, try, I, I like to keep. I like to keep my flat clean. Yeah, forensically yeah. clean. <laughs> um, just in case the law comes through the door any moment. You never. I don't want them to have anything on me. But I once tried to make compost, and um, I didn't know. But I was just like, I sort of, I, I kind of googled it. And then just like read like the top lines, like, oh, how hard can it be? So I got like a little bin from Robert Dias. Robert Dias, not the news from the show. You wanted to make compost in your flat. Yeah. Because, right, so here's what happens, Anna. I don't really know what compost is, but I knew that it was, and I've got like two plants. So I was, was going like, to oh. say, do you know what it's for? It's made, but it's made out of manure, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. So you wanted to make compost for two plants in your flat. So what I was doing is I was like putting like eggshells, coffee grounds, banana skins, all in this little bucket. And it was like two weeks. It was really starting to smell. So I just put on Instagram, like, when does it turn into compost? <laughs> and someone was like, what do you mean turn into compost? It doesn't turn, it just rots. So I don't, how do you make compost? Well, it's, it, you're giving nutrients. So people would get like the remnants, like uh, vegetables and um 
trimmings off um, vegetables and fruit and stuff. And then it adds the nutrients to the soil to help your plants grow more effectively. But, but what's a compost heap then? Do I just put it into the plant pot? I don't. I don't think you need to make compost for two plants. I think it's maybe if you have, if you are growing vegetables at the bottom of the garden in a vegetable patch, that kind of thing, um, or like if you had an allotment and you get manure because you've got nutrients in manure. the poo. Manure. <laughs> what manure? You say it. Manure. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like manure. You're not even saying it properly. Because there's a hidden W in manure, by the way. Did you know that? But I got into an argument once with a lady on Southfield's tube station um, because I was walking along eating a banana, as you do, because why not? And... How were you eating it, though? I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, just in hate. It's another one gone. Spit the skin out. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, so I was eating it. And then I was about to get, like, I was actually, like, standing there waiting for the tube. And they've got these little like plants and like plant pots and stuff on Southfield's tube station. So I looked down and oh I had some banana skin. banana skin. And I was like, oh, I know that this is really good for like the earth and it's full of all the nutrients, as you say, and it'll decompose and help the plant grow. So I went and sort of put it at the root of the plant and sort of stood there and watched it. Like, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting to happen. And this woman came up to me and went, don't litter. And I was like, no, 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 I agree. I don't litter, but I'm putting that there on purpose because it's biodegradable. So it will help the plant grow. And she was like, no, it's just littering. It's throwing rubbish away. So I was trying to explain to her about kind of the nature of entropy and it uh, being biodegradable and breaking down and stuff. And she just said I was littering, but then I just got on the tube. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't litter. I'm very against it. I pick rubbish up in the street. But I, was, I thought I was helping the plant. And was I not? I don't, I don't, it takes a while for a banana to, um, to like, dissolve. Um, dissolve? Dissolve. Biodegradable. Um, do you know one thing I'll never do? Never ever put a banana in my pat lunchbox <laughs> hey! in my bait in my bait box <laughs> not like that that's the second time have you got two kids then <laughs> oh I'm turning that into a ringtone that's, that's the second time I actually go red <laughs> so what I mean is I hate eating bananas in front of in front of people because it's like as a female you can't peel a banana and eat it without it look like you're doing something rude so I always get biting it (laughs) yeah exactly in front of people so I don't know if it was a thing at my school but like I would just break a bit of banana off and kind of eat it and then hide the banana away so nobody could see that you're eating a banana because it just looks like you're being sexual all the time eating a banana Hannah it's 2021 no it's 2022 (laughs) do not be ashamed of your banana anymore okay come out i'm just not gonna put a banana in a pat lunchbox (laughs) (laughs) um i think that is probably quite a good place to leave it one thing i would like to say though is congratulations to your dad hannah thank you yeah so my dad um officially on the first of january is uh being awarded an mbe by the queen queen lizzie he's already happened Um, obviously (laughs) hey he's already got it hasn't he no, so we get it was in the London Gazette on the first of January, and then he'll go in April, I think, to get the award, and then in the summer we'll all be able to go to the Queen's Garden Party with my dad and have a scone with Queen Lizzie. What do we wear? Sorry. What do we wear? <laughs> You're not coming. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, but seriously, what do I wear? Because I was going to yeah. wear like a Borat mankini. <laughs> I don't think Lizzie would like that, but apparently, because my dad's got an MBA. If ever I was to get married or have another child that would needs to be christened, you can get them christened um, at uh, at the church. 
Windsor Castle. Can you? Yeah. Oh, it's well good having an MBE. I mean, to be fair, he's done amazing things for society. So it's not just like, oh, well, he's well lucky having an MBE. <laughs> yeah, like what's the perks in that for me? Um, but yeah, he's he's got his MBE because uh, my mom, my parents have fostered for like 11 years and they've fostered like teenage lads that have been in prison, had tags on. My dad does a lot of voluntary work um, <clears throat> with uh, homeless people, gives them coffees, teas, food parcels. And he also has got a, an initiative uh, for skills for work, which is getting young lads again that have tags and stuff on into uh into work so he takes them to work assists them in the workplace and stuff so he's actually in a really really amazing person um more smutty than i am one of the funniest people i've ever met um but yeah it's definitely well deserved for my dad well deserved mr creelman and just yeah. a shame that kindness didn't filter down the generations <laughs> uh, <laughs> um no congratulations mr creelman um right it's probably quite a good place to uh to leave it don't forget you can get in touch rosehead pod on Instagram and TikTok and Rosehead Soccer on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch now and stuff and loads of places. What's Twitch? Oh God, we don't have time for that. It's like, oh, a, right, sorry. <laughs> no, like it's like a streaming. I don't know, Hannah. It's just another place to put the stuff. Just out, give it? us a five star review. That's all we need. Please, please. All right. Please, please. Um, Not a four, a five. If you are listening on podcast radio, you can hear the show repeated on Saturdays and Sundays and catch us every Friday night at 6pm. Um, yeah, give us a like and review if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Hannah, thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.